0: Welcome to episode three hundred and twenty of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. On today's show, we are—it's nine thirty in the morning. We're in Jason's Batcave, and um, we haven't seen you guys for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we got an—I got an email, or we got an email, I guess, from uh, Ken A. He, one of our listeners. He didn't have a last name on his his email, but uh, he uh, he was asking us if we were going to do any more shows, and if we weren't, that he, you know, thanked us for all you know doing the shows all those years and he really enjoyed it and so i was like you know we should get off our asses and get something <laughs> going you know i mean i haven't, I haven't really notice that, that much time had gone by
0: yeah I, there's there's no plans to end the show there's just there's just also no plans to to well actually starting this week we do have a plan to do it more regularly and that is basically i am going to turn up here at 10 a.m every other saturday is that right? That is the plan. Okay. Right. Um, but he, Colby's playing a game at eleven today, right?
1: Well, he has a baseball game at eleven. Uh, ish. I don't even know if, he, if he's playing or not. They have
0: like the roster kind of rotation stuff, so we'll see. Is that going to be sort of happening every Saturday? So that might. No. No. Oh, okay. Fair no. enough. Okay. Yeah. So I think we might be able to make it work. You know, at least at least more than once every three months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. I didn't realize how much time had gone by. I mean, you had interviewed that one guy. Was it Zapier or something? Oh, the, the
0: yeah, the Zapier. Zapier makes Zapier? you happier. Yeah,
1: right. And uh, and then we did the uh, the the lady from uh, JPL. Mm-hmm. We did those two interviews, but we haven't done the discussion yeah. podcast since when? Oh man, it's been a while. November or something. Yeah. Wow. So all right. Well, i I I you know I appreciate uh, I appreciate Ken sending that email. It was nice. It was a nice email. I was like, yeah, you know, actually people, I guess there are some people out there who care whether we're doing these or not. So why don't we do another one? Plus we haven't really talked
0: in a while, have we? That's right. Oh, yep. Oh Uh, wow. This is good. I'm just, we're super far away from each other. He's got a new configuration in this living room now. Do I?
1: Is this a new configuration?
0: Yeah. Well, this, this, this sofa used to be on that side.
1: Oh, did Sandy switch them around?
0: Yeah. Now you're in a, like a super comfortable chair. You really look like you're in the the Alpha uh, Scott. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, there's a laid-back. <laughs> so, um, so, let's... Uh, I got a ton of stuff. Well, So, here's the funny thing. I have a lot of stuff, but I can't talk about any of it. So, if you just want to do my quick Nugget update, you let's know...
1: Let's do that interverse first. Otherwise, I'm going to monologue for like an hour. So, let's, okay, let's do try it, it, Okay, that. good, good.
0: That's a good and idea. And if you yeah.
1: have any topics or things you want <clears throat> to... You want to bring up any stuff that you've read? There or, was one.
0: There was one sort of idea um, that I did want to talk about. Um, All right. Well, let's get
1: those in later. Let, yeah, sure. I got. I got a lot. I got a lot. So why don't I? You always do. Get and going that's on why some we of love that it. stuff. So, um, first off, Operation Superhero has sort of turned into Operation Operating Table. <laughs> operation operation (laughs) operation operation that's right so so let's just talk a little let's go a little background so i got going again on the whole get super fit get strong get fast maybe try to dunk you know that kind of stuff and that about a little over a year ago i think it was in i think january 22nd was my first training session of last but this year. was
0: like your second batch of, of Operation
1: Superhero. Well, yeah, your the initial was 2014, and then I, I strained an adductor attachment, which took me out for like a year and a half. And then, so that kind of... So this is, f- you know, version two, Operation Superhero V2. So, <laughs> you know, just to recap, I ended up losing about 20 pounds of fat. Nice. Um, I added over 100 pounds to my back squat, which is a lot, I mean, I ended up I got my squat up till I could do a set of five of like two hundred and eighty five pounds, which was it was really getting up there, and um yeah, i mean i was I was making progress, but then it was like you know I had this uh, this teninitis had developed on my elbow, and it just kept getting worse and worse, and had tried. You know, cortisone injection. Well, I've tried rehab and ice and laying off it, and tried you know cortisone injections, tried um, platelet-rich plasma injection, which is the was made famous by Kobe Bryant. You know, when he flew to Germany to get done before it was allowed in the U.S. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so then, I um, know that worked. And then, um, then I started to develop. I I started to develop like some kind of tendinitis in my knees. i think from the squatting yeah which is sort of surprising considering that i have really good form i've had a number of trainers who are really knowledgeable uh, you know about this kind of you know lifting and they were you know spotting me or observing my form and they're like yeah it looks good you know because i always be like all right am i you know check you know let me know what you think and you know because if you if you have bad form you can injure yourself right and so apparently if you have good form (laughs) you can still injure yourself so and then I, and then I, as a result of this I can' keep doing the squats as well, I kind of started to develop a, a strain in my adductor attachment again, which is sort of think of your groin area. Um, and uh, the combination of those three things kind of just knocked me out. I mean, I can't really lift my legs right now, and I can't lift, do much in the upper body because my elbow it hurts my elbow. So I'm kind of like a walking I mean you know I'm like a walking wounded. You know, and then, and then oh, it's like, so Colby and I were going snowboarding every weekend for a lot of the winter. And I had one day where I had like three bad falls. And to the point I remember the last one, you know, so normally when Colby and I are snowboarding, I'll have him be go in front of me by, you know, 50 or 50 yards or something, just so in case he wrecks or something, I can go to him. Yeah. And after the third one, Colby's like, dad, you just go. And I'm like, no, no, you go." He's like, "Dad." Go. I'm like, why? He's like, because I need to keep an eye on you. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, the tables have turned. I guess <laughs> my 14 year old son is worried that I'm going to kill myself <laughs> before the
0: day is out. Um, but yeah. So in that, but what, I, what do you attribute those falls to? Like, do you, does <sighs> is it something to do with like less control, less muscle, or something? No, or? no, no,
1: no, no. We um, the thing was, I think we had been going a lot and so we were getting i was getting cockier and less like oh we were going really fast down the mountain and um you know going down sort of you know these black runs black diamond runs at, at high speed and um it was one thing we went early and it was icy oh and oh. i just caught an edge and i mean i hit so damn hard I'm, i cracked my head i heard this huge crack when i slammed my head on the Jeez. ice on the ice and I mean, I just... Oh, man, yeah. Did that was bad. And then... Um, Don't then, snowboard in the ice. That's, <laughs> well, that's a new, I mean, new rule. Well, it was just in the morning <laughs> sometimes because, you know what, it gets, it gets, I guess, because at the end of the the previous day, say, it got a little warmer, so stuff started to melt. The surface yeah. snow started to melt a little bit, and then it got colder night, and, and it, it ices up a little bit. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't... It was... Anyway... Th- that really aggravated remember, – remember I I had injured my uh, tailbone a couple years ago, snowboarding with Colby? I hit off this 14-foot jump and – Yeah. Oh, God, you know. Anyway, so that aggravated that. So – and on top of the injuries, the recent injuries, that injury is like really aggravated. So my tailbone – is so sitting down, sit, getting up off of, – getting in and out of the car, getting –
0: it's just – Impaired. you remind me of um death becomes her have you ever seen that shit that yeah movie? yeah like she's gradually like falling apart <laughs> falling apart and like stitching herself back together so
1: anyway i'm gonna have to get a surgery for my elbow i have to get like a debridement surgery nothing else has worked um which is gonna take me out for a few months um and you know i mean my doctor addu- groin doctor attachments those often last time took me out for a year and a half you, that's I mean, maybe maybe can get a cortisone shot and reduce the inflammation, and they'll. Otherwise, it could take a long
0: time. So I'm kind of like. So you know what everyone in your reserve. You know what everyone's thinking at home? Like, are you still going to try and dunk? So the thing is,
1: I haven't closed the door on it completely, but I'm starting to think. My recently, so so like we went. Here's the thing, we went to Hawaii for spring break last week, and you know we went the, the hotel we had we stayed at the Grand Wailea had all these pools with um, water slides in between them and all this stuff and the kids were like dad let's do this dad the tarzan thing this you know dad let's jump off the tarzan rope dad let's do the water slide and i was like in pain i was I, you know when you have the, the metal ladders when you get out of the pool yeah. I was in my, it killed my elbows. I almost couldn't even pull up. I was, I mean, it was just to squat, you know, kind of when you're crouching down to get into the pull, you have to step down, killing my groin and my knees. Um, going down the water slides, killing my tailbone. I mean, I was in just, and I turned to Sandy, and I was like, after about an hour and a half, I'm like, sweetheart, I, I can't do it. I'm dying. I'm in so much pain right now. And she's like, I'm like, let's just do the lazy river. So I'm looking, and I'm like, you know, the cost of this is ridiculous, the amount of injuries that I've accumulated by pushing myself as hard as I did may
0: not be smart. I mean, if the choice is between like dunking and playing with your kids on vacation, or just it's being,
1: like, just being healthy and, and not in pain. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like you don't want to not work out. That's bad for a lot of reasons, but you don't, but the thing is like, you, you have to train like you're 24 you know, yeah. like you're, you know, a college athlete or something like that. I mean, um, the question is, you know, I mean, could I have done this in my 20s? No question. Could I have done this in my 30s? Most likely. Am my maybe my early 40s? No, I'm 48. Yeah. You know, um, and also my body, I just, I'm really tight. My, I've, I'm, I mean, my, I don't have, I'm not, I don't have the same kind of range of motion as I, as some people, so I have a tendency to pull or strain muscles, strain Tendons and tendons, ligaments, and also because when you go really heavy and you go all out, it dramatically
0: increases the chance that you're going to hurt, hurt if yourself. If you if you drop the dunk, you'll probably just find another way of doing something. You probably find some other goal that's ridiculous that doesn't involve you like killing your body. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I said if, if I if I stay too focused on it right now, because I'm I, I'm I'm going to be knocked out while I have to take my you know where the other stuff heals. It's something I can even do about it for another probably for three to four months right so focusing on it is gonna do nothing but frustrate me right yep. um, so and then I'm thinking okay what if I don't do this like and I started thinking you know it's like when I just by losing the weight and getting in just generally good shape I felt really good As I said look I look a lot better I feel a lot better and it was only when just pushing when I was going that extra, 10% and and like doing low reps for heavy weight and all those explosive you know that's what like pushed me over yeah. right so right now I'm doing the doing this sort of the 80 20 80 20 workout you know mm-hmm. eighty yeah. percent of the payoff of 20% of the effort so rather than being at the gym I mean I would leave home at 415 I wouldn't get home until like 730 that was 5 days a week and a week and then about like similar amount of time during the weekend. So that's like a part-time job. Yeah. Right? And I was like, "All right, screw that. Like what's the l- most efficient thing I can do just to sort of like say drop, you know, continue to drop weight, continue to just be strong and fit and all that kind of stuff." And I was like, "You know, if I do if I go in and do two or three of the machines, you know, chest press, leg like, whatever, Sets of twelve, three, you know, I'm not, not going to hurt myself doing that. I'm going to build muscle. I'll continue to maintain strength, and then I'll, um, and then do twenty to thirty minutes of cardio, of like, of, of interval, of intervals of carnival, like get my not heart rate. Not to right
0: mention up. saving thousands of dollars on personal trainer fees.
1: That's true. So basically, saving, you know, a ton of time. So and then what it, my goal was to be able to leave the house and be door to door, be back in the house in one hour. Right. You, which is a huge,
0: yeah, that's a huge difference. time game. Yeah,
1: and um, like you said, it's a huge. I mean, I was spending 130 per training session, three days a week.
0: That's significant.
1: It's a lot of money. It's a
0: Thousand a month, right?
1: It's a lot of money, and I think I was I was injured a lot. I kept injuring myself, getting I'm accumulating, you know, all these kind of pull pulling a calf, muscle, pulling a hamstring, tweaking a shoulder. I was like always tweaking and stuff, which was really frustrating because I was, you know working with a trainer, doing stuff very, you know, with correct form. And it was still like, but when you're pushing yourself, you just, you know, run into these issues. So, and that, which had me in a bad mood a lot of time because I'm pissed off that I'm like, I'm trying to go for this goal and I keep <laughs> I'm like, damn it. You know, I made so much progress and I pulled my hamstring again, you know? And it was just, so I'm like, you know,
0: so d- if does that give you, does, does that impetus, transfer to math academy then so yeah. you've now got more so it plays into other things so
1: then and, I, and, I'll, and you'll see how it plays in everything else but i'm sort of thinking on top of i, I could really use the time you yeah. know if I, I could really use you know a couple hours more a day um so and, and like i said since i can't make any progress anyway there's no point it's just be might as well just be efficient and uh and i was like you know with 20 or 30 minutes of, of like of cardio of interval training or whatever with, you know, a little bit of strength training and some quick stretches and stuff like that is truly like 80% of what you're going to need. You do that five, six days a week. Like you're going to be really fit. Yeah. And, and and I won't be in any pain and I won't, I won't, I won't incur any injuries. So I'm sort of thinking that's the short term. That's what I'm going to be doing. You know, who knows maybe in six months after I've recuperated from everything, maybe everything will be better and I'll get like a little more, I'll get a little, I'll start getting cocky again, like, oh, I can do this and stuff. But right now, I'm just sort of, yeah, just sort of, I'm, I, 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 you know, I, I feel like, you know, maybe I just have to train for my age. You know, if I have to finally but train like I'm 48, not like I'm twenty. Does 24. that make you
0: any less of a superhero? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> not really. It makes you more of a superhero because you're the old way, you you were in pain, you were unable to save people, you were unable to rescue cats from trees because you're in too much pain, you couldn't move. <laughs> but the new way, you are, like, totally fine, you've still got a lot of strength, you can help a lot of people. So you're yeah. more of a superhero Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you know what it actually made me feel like? It made me feel like probably how these NFL players feel towards the end of their career, they're in their early, mid-30s, and they're just like, I'm done. Like, I'm just i'm injured um i have like all these injuries i've had all these surgeries i'm tired of being in pain all the time like i had my fun i made my money time to check out well i can still walk right yeah like uh, gronkowski who's like this the tight end for the patriots who's one of the best tight ends of all time and he's like i think he's like i don't know early 30s but it's like he's been just back and elbow all stuff and he finally just retired i think he just was like
0: but that brady guy just, never quits
1: yeah, he has. But luck, he's been lucky enough not to have a lot of injuries. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been, the, you know, but that's the thing is like you, you see these guys, once they have enough of these nagging injuries that just don't go away, it just, not only does it diminish their ability to perform, but it's just, it's really not fun. Yeah. Being in pain all the time. And then this is the thing that I'm worried about. This is really came of. I It's like, okay, like, it's not just like, wow, I don't want to be injured I don't want to be in pain. I want to be able to do things and not be wincing when I'm doing them. But I don't want to incur injuries that are going to cause me to be debilitated
0: over the next 20 years. Yeah, like when you're 70 or something. Because like, they all come back.
1: Yeah, They all come right. back. Yeah. I mean, I look at my father-in-law who was a multi-sport athlete and he just got all kind of problems. Even stuff that happened to him in high school and college. And I'm thinking, God, you know, if I keep at this, you know you know if i keep doing these heavy squats and i develop this kind of maybe maybe i have this worst tendonitis in both my knees now what do i carry that around for the next 25 years for what so that i could so that i could go and hey you know we got on video i dunked that was really cool big celebration nice story but now what now now i'm gonna pay that price every damn day of my life for the rest of my you've life you've already got that
0: video of you almost touching the ring? <laughs>
1: So <laughs> <It's not, laughs> no, I did touch the rim, but it's not. That's not really that impressive. Okay, it's impressive that I added nine inches to my vertical, but yeah. it's not impressive that the height that I got to. But um, but yeah, do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, what's the true cost of this? Is the true cost a thousand dollars a month in training? Um, and you know, three hours a day uh, out of my day, and is it in, in injuries? No, that that's only the partial. What the, the 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 other cars cost? The other externality that we're not discussing or that we're probably discussing originally is what's the long-term cost of my body by trying to get it, trying to push it to the limits that far. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, can you lift and train and be fit and be strong in your forties or in your fifties and even beyond? Yeah. Should you be squatting 315 pounds on your back at 48? I mean, even, you know, is that, is that really a smart thing to do anymore? You <laughs> probably know, not. You know, because, like, I, I you know, there's one guy talking to the gym who's this um ex-powerlifter. Yeah. You know, he said that's what they used to do eight hours a day at the gym. And he would say, and I'm like, he's probably 10 years younger than me. And he's still like, yeah, I don't do any of that stuff anymore. He's like, you know, he, he'll, he'll give me, he would give me advice and cheer me on. Be like, oh, ah, yeah, you're doing great. You know, whatever. And But he's just like, no, I just get in here and I just do, the you can feel the muscle, do the stuff. He's like, I accumulate some injuries. And, you know, it's like. No, you're not doing that stuff. You know, and is it theoretically possible? It's theoretically possible, but here's the thing about, you know, everything, whether it's training or diet or whatever, it's like your mileage may vary. Everybody's a little different. Everybody's body responds to things differently. Some people can do stuff, you know, at, at a certain age. other people, it just isn't going to work for them. So anyway, that's yeah. Operation Superhero. So okay. I'm that's I'm, a, a little bit of a uh, disappointing note, but I'm just sort of like, all right, on the positive note, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm still going to be in shape gonna be and I'm going to give a lot more of my time back.
0: All right. Well, so talking about giving you, let, let's, let's not switch to me. Let's switch, switch to something positive with you. Let's hear about something like, wasn't awesome that's happened, whether it be in math well, academy or something else.
1: Yeah. So let's, this is, um, I, I this is not, I mean, this is positive, but it's actually going to start off as negative, but I think all change, all positive change starts out often as something negative. Okay. I think you have to, you you usually don't, you don't have a positive change from something that's already positive usually so much, right? Something is not working or something's not working as well as it should. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to talk specific numbers, but let me say this, that the burn rate for the Math Academy software had just skyrocketed over the past six months. And... You know, it was one of those things that we we're just like, well, we need another tutorial writer. Well, we need to create a video as well. We need a few more of this or that. And so, you know, my interest was like, well, we got to create this stuff one way or another. Let's just might as well get it done sooner than later. But then what I noticed is that it was just like every week I guess, get hit with this ginormous bill from Upwork. And it was like, it was like getting punched in the ribs every Monday morning. Okay. You know, PayPal has, a, you're like, holy crap. Crap! That's a ton of money. Like I don't. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You're gonna go broke doing that. You yeah. know. And I was having a problem. I couldn't sleep at night. Mm. You know. I was kind of feeling this like low. I got this kind of low grade anxiety was creeping around a lot of the time because I was just like, God.
0: Ah. You know. Because was, because you're you're working off saved. You're working off money in the bank rather than money that's coming in. Well, yeah.
1: Regardless, of what's coming in, right, right? Right. But it's like you're just bleeding money capital yeah. you are just like i'm not making any money i'm just losing money because math academy isn't making money right math academy's not making money but i'm not making money i'm not i don't have an income
0: so so times two so math academy itself should be making money and that was the reason why we we were doing what we were doing before so we could get it out the door yeah but it needs to be making money and it's not and you're not making money so that's a double whammy
1: and we're spending a ton of money on the content that thing had just gotten gotten more and more and more and more
0: expensive now remind me why we have to spend the money on the content.
1: So let me. So yeah. So let's let's talk about all this. So initially, when I created the software platform, it was to it was for the math academy. Well, it wasn't even math academy at that time. For the accelerated math class I was teaching, so the kids could do homework on the system at night. And then I created things. They have a tutorial, and they'd have questions associated with it, all that kind of stuff, right? And then I really thought, well, then I started building it out more so that we could have all of you know, math academy classes using the system, which they do. And those classes start in sixth grade with pre-algebra working up through. By the end of sixth grade, it's algebra two and trig, and then it's up through pre-calculus and calculus in middle school. And then in high school, it's linear algebra and vector analysis in ninth grade, and it's going to go on from there. So that is a huge amount of content. Pre-algebra through calculus is a ton, and they're going to add on like college. Like that is a I mean it's it's hard to overstate how many textbooks you would stack up yeah. to cover all that. So it's not just it's not just every topic has to have a comprehensive tutorial but then you have to have, you know, say 25 30 questions of varying difficulty and you know whatever around that just one micro topic. Right? Yeah. That is a lot. I mean I think we have I don't even know. I mean I don't, it's been months I've heard of hers but like I think we have maybe a couple thousand topics. We have how? over we have over 40,000 questions.
0: What, what percentage are you to to complete?
1: Okay, so this is that's another good question. So let's get I don't know exactly. So here's the thing. So we're building all this content. So it's sort of like the way we had worked it out is we said, all right, well, you know, we need to divide these into subjects. Because This was just like a just a giant list of topics, of course, not well organized. It's like, well, we divide it into subjects, so this is sort of algebra one, this is algebra two, this is trigonometry, et cetera. And then it's like, well, okay, we need to divide each one into Subtopics, well, this is some stuff on introduction of functions, and this is like radical algebraic expressions, and this is whatever. And then, okay, and those have, those have submodules, and those have topics, and then those have lots of questions. And then so you're just building out this tree of stuff that we ultimately, as I, as I talked before, is that we would have this gigantic prerequisite tree that would link them all together. Okay, this topic depends on these three topics, and that topic depends on these two topics. It's, like, it's what we call a, a DAG or a, a directed acyclic graph. Okay, nodes and edges. And I, you know, my thinking a lot alongs was like a lot along the lines was, okay, what we'll do is we'll build all this stuff up and then we can create um, we can create courses from this material, right? But not only that, what would be great about the prerequisites is that we can say, okay, you know, you could come in and do a diagnostic and you say, Well, I want to learn differential equations. And then you say, okay, then we can give you some kind of a diagnostic and create a custom um course for you based on what you know, what you remember um, you know, from, from some of the prerequisite courses. Maybe you took calculus, but it was five years ago and, and algebra and you're, you're getting a little rusty, but you do know some things, but then you need to you need to shore those up before you start differential equations for you, you know, I say, oh, I want to take this differential equations course because I need to know it for this um, you know, machine learning thing I want to do. Yeah. Or whatever. Or I'm in college, I'm gonna take differential equations, but I didn't take calculus last year. So I'm but whatever. Or who knows. Okay, so then what was happening was, um, and then and so this is this is how everything came to light. I was, and this, all the this stuff came together in the last, like, week and a half, two weeks. I mean, I had the whole, over the last few weeks, I've been just like, you know, this whole, the burn rate, I was just like, God, like, this is insane. I got to do something about it, but I didn't want to, we huddle all these really sharp people, and we're really not paying a lot of money for them for the, by the hour, and we're, we're building the content cheaply. It's just, the thing is, it's a monster task. I mean, it is a it is really a truly a monster task, Um, and uh, so we didn't want to get rid of these people, you know, or or, you know, because we we like them, they're good, they're they're committed, everybody's into it, and so it's just like any CEO or whatever runs a startup is like all of a sudden I'm going to cut, you know, some of my team, like that's brutal. And so I was talking to Alex about it. And Alex had spent a lot of the past year kind of slowly hiring these people and training these people and building these teams. And so we got all this stuff in motion. So it's like, really? We're going to just, getting rid of people just didn't sound like a really smart idea. But then, so I had two options. I was like, okay, either, you know, so okay, what are my options here? One is we cut or, or two, we raise money. And I was like, to raise money though, probably need to cut too because if the burn rate is so high with no income i think most investors would be like yeah it seems really cool but man that's a lot of money you're spending like that doesn't sound sounds like you need to kind of get the spending under control that's what i would if i was someone approached me with it i'd be like yeah that's you need to get closer to some kind of profitability or something yeah um and then i thought and if i don't raise money i also need to cut so okay what do we need to do we cut. got we got to cut There's just no way I can't sleep at night, and then as it is, and then I and because even if I do try and raise money, it's still gonna take a couple two or three months at a minimum. Even if I have four or five friends who have who are well healed, who have said, "Hey, Jason, I really like what you're doing. I think it's really cool. Let me know if you ever want to raise money because I'd be interested in investing." So I've heard that four or five times, but even those statements. Those are just, then when you get to, when the rubber meets the road, it's not like I just go over, we have a cup of coffee, they write me a check for a quarter million dollars and I'm on my way. It doesn't happen like that, right? As soon as you raise money, first they need to know, they want to know all the details, you know, so you get to spend a lot of time on financials and on your deck and your projections and your team. You get to put all this time, you spend weeks putting that together at a minimum. And then you got to constantly be reworking it because you got to talk to someone else and they have more questions and they have more questions. And then, even if they initially were like, hey, I like this idea, I think it's so cool what you're doing. As soon as they invest money, then suddenly of a they become it's a it's a financial instrument for them. What's my risk and return on this thing? When am I gonna get my money back? Now they'd be, be initially be really kind of like laid back about it, but over time that's gonna change to like, you know, what kind of return can I expect over what time span? So then it becomes something else, right? And then it's either. And then generally what happens is, it's funny, Funny, I, I, I well, to, to finish that initial thought, I thought it's going to take me months to raise money, which means I'm going to be burning, continuing to this burn rate for a few months, and I can't, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Not, I mean, I could do it, but I just, I can't sustain it psychologically. It was just, it was making me miserable. I was thinking, you know, I'm probably the least happy that I've been in a long time, and it's all because of this, mm-hmm. you know? And so, okay, so I need to, I need to do it. So I, um... I told Alex, I'm like, like, we got to, I want the burn rate cut in half. He's like, when I was like, by the end of the month, it's like, I want it. I was like, he's like, Oh, I'm like, I was like, you come up with a plan. You tell me who we need, who we can reduce hours, who we can say goodbye to. It's your choice. But it's like, we, we just can't, I can't sustain it. I'm not going to I'm not going to go broke, you know, for this. Right. And, um, and uh he's like he's like okay you know obviously he's not the best he wasn't happy about that but he understood you know i mean he probably understands from himself he's like geez if i want to stay with an income i better <laughs> because if jason eventually just started pulling the plug on everything well, exactly
0: yeah so he right. needs to he needs to to do it
1: do it so but then he came back he's like you know he's like actually i think there's some people who are in their phd programs who actually could use the time you know could they would be happy to go down to fewer hours a month uh, or a few hours per week, and then um, there are a few people. he's like, "Yeah, there's a few people who I think are kind of weak. I think are a lot not as productive as they could be. I think we could kind of they're just more they're more work than necessary. Then, then, then I think
0: they they take up too much time to manage them." But going down to half the burn rate does that make you happy? Makes me a lot happier. A uh, lot how happier. much runway does it give you?
1: Well, that's. Let me put it this way: so the Uber IPO is going to be, I don't know, in the next month or two or something, right? Which means six months after that, I can get some more liquidity. That will change things, and it all depends on yeah. how well they do. You know, do they come out pretty strong, and then the whole thing goes, you know, then I'm screwed. If it comes out strong and even goes stronger, I mean, I'd be like, it doesn't even matter. We can spend whatever we want. You know, so so, but. I don't know what's going to happen and i have to i have to count on it i have to count on worst case scenario i have to say well there is a non-zero probability that uber comes out and for whatever reason the financial markets over time decide it's not a great investment and they're half their ipo price and then with the money i thought i was going to make is a fraction of what it was and so then i'm like you know, then I've kind of screwed myself if I, if I spend too much, if I cut the burn right now and I say, let's get this thing under control,
0: then we'll be fine. Didn't that happen to Facebook? But then over time, over a longer time, it then went back up. Yeah. And so that's the thing is you just don't want to count your
1: chickens. You're, you're into, you know, would they, what they don't count your chickens, right? Until the eggs have hatched, right? Don't, don't get ahead of yourself and think cause you don't know. I don't know. You know? I mean, I I just sort of count, I'm just sort of think worst case scenario. I mean, sometimes I'll talk to my friends about that and they're like, dude, you're going to be fine. I'm like, I, you know, maybe, you yeah. know, but I, I can't, you can't count on that, right? That's why you put money in the bank. That's why you build a savings, you know, that's why you, because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, we could hit a major recession in the, like, in the next six months and things go south and then I'm just like, you know, the money I thought that I could
0: put in a math academy just isn't there, right? Okay, let's just talk about, what what the path to monetization for Math Academy is, and how quickly you can yeah, get yeah. money from so, it. So,
1: so, oh, and so the other thing. Let me just think. of before, before I say that, is it also uh, there was a there was an article that I read called um, I can't remember what it was, actually it was something. It was, but it was it came out on Hacker News, and it was really it was really timely for me because the guy's saying like, you know, I raised this money, multiple rounds of a VC investment, eventually got fired as CEO. Oh, Did you read um, that one? Yeah, something it, about you're not a unicorn. No, or it's Gumroad. Is that right? It's the gum road guy, yeah. Okay, and he's like, "Look, if you raise money, you're going to spend forty, fifty percent of your time raising money." Yeah. And he, I guess, he was referencing his his friend, who he's a close friend who's gone through the same stuff, who's come, who actually was sold. And the guy's like, "Yeah, that's about right. About forty, fifty percent of your time will be spent effectively just raising money." Yeah. And I'm like, "I do not want to spend my life doing that." No. I can do whatever that I want, and that's not one
0: of those things I want to do. So, so, so don't go down that road. But this also plays. A lot into what something that I want to talk about, but not right now. So finish your story, but then after this, we'll go into that yeah. topic that I want to talk about.
1: So it's like I don't like working on a deck. I don't like you know spending a lot of time going and trying to ask people for money. I'm I, I not enjoy that at all. I'm not bad at it, but I don't enjoy it. And so I'm not. and so It I'm sucks, like,
0: and it's there's so much unpredictability. But but something that I, having recently gone through um, some fundraising stuff myself, what I will say is. It's the main reason why it sucks is because it lifts you up if you feel like you're about to get somewhere and then you crash really hard when you yeah. when you lose it and it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster ride that's just painful basically you know yeah. and I know people who've been doing it for years and they are like wrung s- out like so strung out of like this these highs and these lows and these highs and these lows and it's ridiculous because the whole thing's just about asking permission of someone else which is so yeah. dumb
1: yeah, and I'd rather just, I'd rather just build something up slowly over time, focus on the product, fo- you know, focus on the customer, like that. That all stuff it seems fun to me. So I'm like, so that's what that just kind. Of, after reading that, I was like, and this is this is the tenth time I've read a blog post like that, you know, and where people have said something along those lines, and I'm just like, you know. That's right. You know, whether they would say it in different ways, like, well, you know, as soon as you raise money, then you immediately have to start your next round of raising and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, what And then, of course, at multiple rounds, and you get diluted to the point where you start to lose control, and then you have all these outside interests that you have to placate and you know serve. And it's just like, damn! Like, there's all these reasons that you wanted to become an entrepreneur, which is control your life, be able to define your own experience, to build something. Becomes more and more and more diminished over time to the point that all those things, that reason you started, are not in play anymore. They're not affecting.
0: But I will say that there is a new wave of people like Alex McCour and Clearbit where they build up a profitable business, which is like what you're doing with Math Academy, and then they take money when they've got significant revenue and they just take one round and that's it. And just, there, just one round. There are so, so they'll exceptions, lose 25%. You there know?
1: are exceptions to the rule. There are people who play in the NFL who never played in college. I wouldn't recommend betting that that's what's going to happen to you. Well, I think it's hard to make it. So you, you mean, here's the thing. There are forces in play that will try and push the situation in another direction. If you have enough um, conviction and, and you're successful enough and you can dictate terms, maybe you can do that.
0: But I'm just saying like, Oh yeah, it's, you're it's, probably
1: it's, not that person. Now yeah. maybe Alex McGraw pulled it off, and so people, There's a you few of them
0: though. It's a growing. It's it, it's becoming a sort of trend. I mean, there's no, it's not just him. I mean, it's not it's not an outlier. Like, it is an a, outlier. What's the no, definition it, of an outlier. Uh, but it's it's an outlier in the sense that it's not how all deals work. But what I mean yeah, is, no, no, it is, it's, it's a trima- it is. a trend to the point where there was a New York Times article, and they they'd quoted like ten different startups that had done this. I'm sure,
1: but yeah. you know, how many have been funded? Tens of thousands. I mean, oh yeah, it's, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. No, here's it's, what I'm saying. It's, it's like, yeah, in that sense, yeah. It's just like, you know, just because a small number of people pull something, it like doesn't mean that you can or you're going okay. to be able to. So just be very, very circumspect about going down a path and think, well, I'm going to do it
0: differently. It's like, oh, are you really? Well, you know, it, that still doesn't even apply to your situation because what I'm saying is, though, that this only applies to, to people who are already profitable. And who yeah. basically can dictate the that's terms? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: So even in the best case scenario, yeah. it's still, you know. Anyway, I, you know, if and I did, then I would try. I would have tried to go that route, but I don't even want to go down that route. Yeah. I don't even want to go down that route. I really want to just build a business on my own terms, yeah, you know, in my own way, on my own times, in my own that time scale? I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but um, in my own time. And so, and I, I don't want anyone. I don't want to have to uh, placate or serve anyone else other than the people who are working for me and the customers. That's enough people. That's enough people that I'm behold that I sort of have to answer to and and can be concerned
0: about. Well, as someone who tracks the Jason Happiness Index, uh-huh. um, I sort of feel like you need to work towards making money from that business yeah. as soon as possible. Right. Right. So let's so let's get it. So let's
1: talk about that. So. So then what happened all about the same time is um, the bridge courses started. So in the Math Academy program, we have something called a bridge course, which started two years ago for kids who are in the sixth grade. So the program starts in the sixth grade, right? So we, we initially had a half dozen or so or even more kids that were in the sixth grade but were in different schools or in the same school there was a math academy program, but had somehow not tested in because hey, they were sick the day the qualification test and they was given and they never heard anything about it. The people slipped slip through the cracks and they really badly wanted to get in the program. And so we offered it, you know, it's basically like, it starts in the mid-March and it runs through end of July. And it's they, they just do it entirely online using the system exactly kind of, or in a very similar fashion to how like you know, just the online courses would work that, that I've discussed over time that we would sell to, you know, to, you know a monthly subscription to or whatever. So um, what uh, happened was, the, you know, last year I had, the first year I had one bridge course. It was just a sixth grade bridge course. Last year I not only had a sixth grade bridge course, but I had a sixth, seventh. So I had kids that were going into eighth grade that had to learn everything in sixth and seventh in like four or five months, which was insane. But we actually had two kids do it. And they've, they just have been crushing it. So it worked. It did work. They were able to learn a huge amount. Of that through the through, platform? Through the platform. But I had to create, every day I had to create assignments for them that were, spe- that were specific for that bridge course. It means I had to go, okay, well, they did this yesterday and this. I think they should probably do this today. And it took up a lot of my time. Especially the further we got into things. It was just like, well, okay, so they're doing stuff on exponential. But that's created That
0: content's created.
1: Yeah, that content's created. Except And so this year, we have a sixth grade bridge, a sixth seventh, and a seventh eighth. There's right. another kids who, you know, a whole other, I know, I'm going to get into it right now, but so now I have three, minimum three, there's even a potential for a fourth, a different scenario, bridge course. And I'm like spending an hour of my day already at the beginning, and it gets, like I said, it gets more complicated the year goes on. Thinking through what their each each assignment should be for each bridge course, I go through and I review what the students did, and what they struggled with, and what and what I did in a past year. And okay, nightmare. So I have to do all the distributed practice stuff, sort of mentally, kind of eyeballing it. Right? There's no algorithm doing it, and and I have to figure out what are the next what are the next um, assignments and the just general sequence of new stuff. And I basically was like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was like, this is taking up too much of my time. And I have to remember to do it every day. So it's like a stress on me. It's like, oh, God, you know, what time is it? Oh, crap, I got to get this out because the kids are going to want to get home and start doing their stuff, you know. So then I said, and then I, so I go, I, I tell um, Sivalad, who's my, the, my developer for Math Academy, and I'm like, all right, Sivalad, look, here's what I want you to do. Screw this. I'm going to create a course Description, or it's going to be a YAML document, and all it's going to be is a list of assignments. It'd be assignment number one, or a test. So you can have an assignment or a test. A test, and and an assignment will consist of one or more topics, and then that will every day at 10 a.m. or whatever, it will email out. This is the assignment for the day, okay? And that'll be doing what I'm doing manual, but I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just and 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 just say this is the you know 90 or this is the you know 150 topics for this course. Pre, these are, it's a pre-created course. So I would have sixth grade bridge course would be a, a sequence of 150 topics. The seven, sixth, seventh would be a sequence of topics. And every day the system would just email, it's just what I do. And then it would do the distributed practice or the space review algorithm itself, which would be optimized for every student. So I don't have to eyeball that and it will be like really custom fit how it's meant to be. And I'm like, why can't we do that now? Like that should be easy, right? And it will save me an hour a day, which is, You know, for four months of that, that's a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do that. And so he got and I so I wrote him a description. Here's the description of the YAML document. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want to work. I wrote it up in like an hour. And it has most of it built in two days. And I'm like, and then I but then the second thing I'm looking at, I'm going through as I'm going through and creating these initial these bridge courses, I'm like looking at and a lot of the topics that I had before in previous years are gone, are changed, have merged with other topics, and it's stuff is just Kind of a mess, and I don't mean that it's bad. It's just that when you create a sequence of uh, of, of of course, let, let, let's say that you wanted to um, write a course on how, uh, like you like you're doing for um, for Nugget. And let's say you had a very specific course on how to create a mockups for how to mock up your idea. Okay, and you say, okay, this is going to be a ten. 10-tutorial, 10-step thing. Like, I know exactly how to show someone how to do it. This is how you want to do it. But then at the same time, but instead what you did is you said, what we're going to do is we're going to create a giant encyclopedic compendium of knowledge about product and software development in general. Different types of products, different size companies, internal, whatever, right? And then you just do that for months. And then you come back and you try and pull out slices of it for this test you realize this stuff doesn't fit together very well it's Mm -hmm. kind of overlapping it's like well this is number three is really presupposing this other stuff which is referenced here and i don't want to get into that yet because that's just making that's just complicating things i just you're just like what the but when you tell people to create this encyclopedic you know collection of material in some in as a series of modules some modules they're not it's not a linear progression necessarily And so, and then when you have teams, people doing it, it becomes designed by committee to a degree. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody like Alex, who's smart, knows a lot of math, and is really on top of things, like there's only so much that you can, you're, it's not a linear path. You can just you look at it and go, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks like we're covering the right stuff. But it's still not a very cohesive. What clear you're saying narrative.
0: sort of reminds me of um, I think where you're going with this, reminds me of Google search. You know, they sort of create an algorithm mm-hmm. and they sort of hope for the best. But at the end of the day, they've spent 10 years creating customized results that actually give you exactly the results that you should receive because the machines could never really guess what the results should be. And that's why you get all these great results from Google because of so much human intervention. Yeah. So you're basically saying it's going to be the same thing for, for what you're working on.
1: Yeah. Um, oh God, I just had a thought about it on my mind. But yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, the thing is, right, you, you just, you have to, it's, it's really hard to create something that an algorithm is going to work perfectly all the time. Yeah. So here's the thing. If, because if, you know, you kept saying, like, when are you going to be done? When are you going to get done? me, When are you just going to launch? When are you just going to launch? And it's like, when are the, when's your encyclopedia going to be done? Right.
0: Um, exactly. You need, you need, a while. So you have, because you have to no, scope it back. You have to scope yeah, it back yeah. and find the smallest piece yeah. that's useful so, to people.
1: Exactly. So like, if you have this giant encyclopedia of, of 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 content, everything from trigonometry to differential equations to, you know, whatever, and you're like, and it all has to be done, because, and not only has to be done, but they all have to have a prerequisite tree that makes sense. Because if the algorithm is picking up, well, these are the next topics to be done, because... You know, this is the, these is, this is this path here, and it's doing this, just walking this directed acyclic graph. If there are any holes or any screw-ups, what's going to happen? The algorithm is going to f- f- fall into a corner.
0: But with it's with the bridge, I, I, I hate what you're saying. But with the bridge course that you created, you just manually picked and choose the things, and that created a good course. Right. Exactly. So so like, you know. Alex had kind of
1: gone to, and he had gone, I had created this whole prerequisite viewer, which we talked about, and he did that for Algebra 1, but then it didn't really connect the the pre-algebra stuff yet, and the whole Algebra 2 and Trig stuff was still just unfinished, and a lot of stuff, so it was just like, I couldn't even do this stuff for the bridge course, because the bridge course covers Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and Trig, right, and pre-algebra. So it it wasn't even, couldn't even do that, and I was thinking, you know, if either thing is at all broken, or if the prerequisite if, 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 well, if, if one, if, the con- if there's missing content or if the content just doesn't fit together quite as well as we thought, but we hadn't really thought about it in that way because the, the algorithm just walked its way there. We're like, geez, that doesn't make any sense. Like it's presupposing this, these types of, that the kid knows this, or the student knows this information and they don't. Now the student is like, what the hell's going on? Kids frustrated, they're not making progress, parents are stressed, whatever. It's a fail. What if the algorithm gets a scenario where the algorithm doesn't has a problem? And I don't figure it out until later. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong, or the prerequisites are just messed up. Like, oh, this, oh, this needed this prerequisite, It didn't have the right prerequisite, so it just didn't. And it's like it's so huge, and there's so many potential, too much potential for error. I was just like, this is the the reason that we're not launching is because I'm trying to swallow a watermelon. Right. And that never works. So then I just said, all right, screw it. Here's what we're doing. All at the same time, like I'm not taking funding, we're cutting the burn rate in half, Um, we're automating the bridge courses starting my Monday or Tuesday, and by the end of the month, we're gonna start launching courses. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna go through and define a bunch of what I would call mini courses. Rather than saying, here's a course in Algebra 1, it's like linear equations and inequalities, 30, 40 topics, pre algebra. 15, you know, pre, uh, algebra preliminaries, 15 topics, three weeks. So everything's are like these sort of like three to five week courses kind of thing. Functions, triangle trigonometry, quadratics. Now, are you selling course by course or are you yes. selling subscription? No, I'm a subscription. Because what's the th- what is the what is the thing that we've talked about that I've learned and uh, uh, from, from, from Math Academy is that you don't learn something one and just know it forever. You're going to forget it unless you do distributed practice over a longer period of time. There's no point in doing course for three weeks and or five weeks and stopping. Okay. No point because you okay. know what, what, you know what you're gonna do in six weeks, six months. If you, you use it, almost none of it. They're gonna forget like eighty percent, eighty to ninety percent of it. It's gone.
0: So. Okay. So so can I just say one, yeah one thing. So the way that you do this mm-hmm. is you do sell them individually. Now just just, just hear me out. Hear okay. me out. Right. For a very high price point. Mm-hmm. And you have a subscription. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a subscription, you get access to everything. So basically you sell, and, and what I mean is like a, a stupidly high price point where no one would pay it. Okay. So like 200 bucks per course or something like that. And then they can get a subscription for 90 bucks a month. I see. And that anchors it.
1: You're just trying to funnel them into doing the subscription. Funnel them into doing the yeah. subscription. Yeah, and as we and, know, the best businesses are subscription businesses, but even the best thing for the students is to is so that they get emailed... Every day or every few days, like here are the yeah. topics that you need to review if you want to lock in this ma- this material. I just think that this would knowledge.
0: increase conversions massively because you could say, you could say you are essentially getting access to five thousand dollars worth of material right now.
1: Yeah, that's a good. Th- so we'll, we'll talk about so. There's yeah. a great. That's a great idea, and that 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 kind of stuff would be really interesting to kind of tweak. Mm-hmm. I mean, initially we'll launch and it will probably have some beta users for the first month or so. And we won't charge and it'll just be a you know whatever, but. Um, we'll get into that sort of like how to how to frame it and anchor it and yeah. set the right price points. But my plan is is uh, to, is to create a bunch of what I call mini courses. I don't know if that's the right term for them, but they're going to be very um, you know they're going to be rel- relatively short. I love it. So because if you said if if if. If you're like, you know, guys, you said to me, I don't know how level your seriousness is, but you're just like, oh, you know, I was like, I never learned math. I wish I could know it. I'd be like, hey, why don't you do this? Just do the, just start with this two and a half week pre algebra preliminaries course. You'd be like, okay, if I said, hey, try the algebra one course. It's like, it's like uh, 14 weeks. You'd be like, or no, no, it's 30 weeks. You'd be like, I don't know. And then you'd, you'd, it's just like a book that's a thousand pages. You're not going to get past page
0: 80. I'm very serious, but I need to start earlier. Than that, I need to do, learn some more fundamental stuff. But but yeah, I'm totally. Serious. But you you see what I mean? Oh, I do it. So so it, it it's much less. And then of course you'd be like, why well, did
1: this? And 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 then the mini courses all play into sort of prerequisites for other courses, sort of at that level. So it's like well you know, you got to do algebra preliminaries before you do linear equations and inequalities. You need to do linear equations and inequalities and algebraic expressions before you get into quadratics. And you need to do quadratics. So we kind of have this thing, you can see how the courses kind of unlock other courses. And each course is sort of this relatively short, let's call it three to six week range, you know. And then you get like a badge, I've done this course. And then then also on top of that, you want to say something, so I'll let you.
0: Yeah, so I just want to say I'm really glad to hear what you're saying um, because it it makes me think about hyper-iteration. And in in the course, um, you know, well, in my life, hyper-iteration has been the most important thing that the most important mental model that's ever happened to me. And we discussed uh, Paul McCready building the Gossamore Condor. You know, he's the guy who created human-powered flight. Mm-hmm. He, he changed the game. He basically uh, made it so that he could... He, got, he created a kit so that he could try different iterations every day. I see. And so basically you answer that question, is this going to work faster? So the problem with App Ignite and with the way that you were doing this before is the question, is it going to work, is like a 12-month, two-year before you get that answer. Now you've changed the paradigm, so you're going to be able to get this answer within a month. Is this going to work? And that's essentially hyper-iteration. And that is what I think every entrepreneur should pass every single decision they make through that filter. What's the quickest way that I can get the answer to, is this going to work? Yeah.
1: And, and, um, you know, and I kind of, and I, I it's like, I find this, I know these things, but I kind of got sucked into it because we're building content for the Math Academy program. Yeah. Right. I kind of, and then, and then I did, I guess I got overly ambitious about this idea of this custom course that could build for every, every individual person. And I was just like, you know, the reality is nobody cares Really. Nobody's going, gee, I need a custom course. Mm-hmm. People are just saying like, you know, oh, I think. I want to learn math. <laughs> I want to learn math. Oh, here's the kind of course I want to know. At, and, and if we have like a little diagnostic at the beginning to say, hey, are you ready for this? Or there's some stuff you want to do? Like, that's the 90% problem. Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm building I'm building something that, uh, that is, sounds like
0: an ideal, but nobody's really asking for. So I'm just like screw it, and and you can circle back to that. Like once you've yes. got all the wealth and all the profitability and the larger team, and you've got machine learning experts on your team, you can like circle back to that. That's right.
1: This is R and D. We can go. We can experiment stuff. But then the other thing is, uh, and so what you want to guarantee success, and the only way I can for, for your students, right? You want your users to succeed. You want them to love your product. And if you want them to love the product, you need to have a hi- highly curated you know, um, uh, course so that you can go through and go, yes, this is exactly the way I want to say this. This is exactly the next thing. This is exactly the topic. There can be no screw-ups. It's ha- and if I do a curated course, I can do that. But, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, this is how we succeed. It's that whole Airbnb, the Brian Chesky thing, which you know, he was in this great interview on Masters of Scale where he's talking about, he's like, if you make your customers love your product, that should be your whole sole focus. Is once they love your product, your marketing is a layup. Like, they do your marketing for you because they tell everybody. If they just like it or if it's just okay, then, you, then you're an uphill battle. Then I have to spend a ton of money getting people to use it. And so, on those lines, there's one thing I want to say about it. So, one of my ideas of, is having virtual TA sessions. I think we've talked a little bit yeah. about that. Well, that'll be much easier to pull off if you have micro these sort of micro-mini courses because everybody's basically at the same level.
0: Right, right. You know. Well, you know? It's like... <laughs> So you understand the context of everyone as well. Like it's way, yeah. It's, it's, way, all, it's, yeah, it's there's way, context everywhere. Yeah. It's much better. Yeah. So really good.
1: And I have some really cool ideas how to do that. And, you know, I think that, I think that's a whole nother sort of premium. So if like, you know, you can do the non TA service, but if you want to pay X amount a month, you can get up to one TA session a week, up to two or three and you pay more. Yeah, awesome. And thing is, you know, for pa- like for parents who might be like, or for someone who's just like, who has the money, they're like, "Oh, I'm learning differential equations. Like, I, you know, I don't know how much help I'm gonna need. I'm just going to pay a little more and make sure that I get the attention TH I need." Or if mom is signing their kid up for an algebra one course, and they're just like, "You know, okay, I can pay 39 for just a thing, or I can pay 79 for once a week, or I can pay 109 for, uh, let's just do 100 because I don't know how much he's i to need." And, right. And then what will happen though is that the kid will use it only as much as they need. It's like an insurance policy. Right, Mm -hmm. so we can help guarantee that the kid succeeds because we have TA sessions when they're struggling. Right, we can even invite them, say, "Hey, you should probably do a TA session." The system can analyze how the kid is doing and say, "This he would probably benefit from this." Um, So we, which was really placed into people loving the product, right? Because you're actually providing that support, you're you're interfacing with the customer or the user, Um, but also it kind of goes in that gym model, which is like you know if we have a lot of people signing up for access to multiple ta sessions but a lot of times they're not going to do it because it's just like ah, i'm fine mom's yeah. like what well, do you want to do that ta session on tuesday or do you want to go things like mom good i'm fine right
0: i i just i got other stuff to do i'm fine that's cool yeah productized service that's cool right. um yeah so wp curve for example does that mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of places out there
1: so so i'm i'm i think the virtual ta sessions And because the TAs will have such a deep knowledge about what every kid in the TA session knows, it'll build like a curated list of like, here are the most missed problems by these kids. This is what they're struggling with. They they can have like almost like here are the problems to start with. Well, that's what's
0: great. So you so you're sort of giving them that context. So the TA can walk in and be like, oh, I know exactly. I know exactly what what to teach them. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So,
1: anyway, enough about that. But that's anyway. Just but I'll just
0: say like this has been like over the last literally this week. This happened. Well, so, so we, we don't have too long, but I want to get one one thing in. Yeah, let's go. Which is, um, basically, this this. Um, so I'm really a believer in mental models now. After writing the course and thinking about mental models and mm-hmm. you know hyper iteration, we just discussed one. And there's this new emerging one. And this, the, usually, if I do if I do come up with a mental model, this probably exists somewhere else in some other format. But sure. I'm just formulating my own version. Right. But um, the this one that's emerging now, and I just want to talk to you about is this this idea of control of outcome. So what is your, how much percentage do you have of the outcome? You know, of, of the outcome? Because basically, okay, so for <laughs> example, complete control of, of outcome being success would be, let's say Elon Musk decides to spin off a business um, from, from SpaceX, and that business is going to make fuel. So he has 100% control of the outcome. It's going to be successful because he is gonna spin off that business, he is gonna pay that business, he knows everything about that business, so he has 100% control of that of that outcome. But let, let's let's say something where you didn't have 100% control, but you had a lot. Let's say you were selling milk, right? So you grew the cow, you know, you 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 had the cows, you had the fields, you made the bottles, you mm-hmm. uh, owned a market yeah. stall, you- A Averti- vertical integration. So, so you basically control all of that. So the reason why, why I was thinking about this because a, f- a good friend of ours, and I'm not going to say his name, and I'm not going to say his business, but he's working on this same problem for the last four years. This startup, which is basically a marketplace startup, mm-hmm. um, in the sort of in the on-demand space, and something that's been really like stressing me out about his business is, I've, I've been like, what what is it? Why do I feel so uncomfortable about what he's doing? And I've realized because he has so little control of the outcome of success, mm. uh, you know, on every, on every part of that. So, you know, from, from just going involved, getting involved with investors, you know, just investors, you lose control of outcome. Like think about how much, how much control you lose just by getting involved with investors, you know? Because first of all, you're kind of asking for permission. So you can't even start the business until you've kind of got that permission, you've got that yeah, agreement. Right. So and you know the statistics are like two point six percent of people actually raise funds who try and raise funds. So you're sort of giving up like like over ninety five percent of the control of the of, of the outcome mm-hmm. just just by taking that path. You know. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking there's also like active control and passive control. So say for example, who's your guy, Alex? Alex. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you have you have some level of control of outcome of success. Through Alex, mm-hmm. because you picked a really good guy. But this is like a this is like your passive control of outcome. But let's say, for example, an investor comes. Uh, let's say you get LinkedIn with a with a CEO who's like an investor in your company who isn't kind of doing what you want to do, who's who's not really raising funds. That you're losing control of out of the outcome of success there. So there's this passive control that you're sort of losing does that does it make Mm -hmm. sense what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. so so like you the way that you've set this whole thing up like you've got a really good passive control of the outcome of success through alex and through civil and through all the people that you're working with but if you the 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 more that it's sort of left the more that any part of it's left up to hope you know if it's just hope then you, are, you basically don't have control. And see, that was,
1: that was one of the problems I've had is I, was, I felt like the thing had gotten away from me. I was like, well, you know, we're making, you know, I talked to Alex, well, we're making progress on this, we're making progress on that, but I wasn't directly involved in the content. And then I came not realized that we were having, we have some major problems with the content. And it wasn't Alex's fault. It was just in the way that we had set out to do it, you know, which is ultimately my fault you know because it wasn't focused on a particular outcome we're building to solve this it had become untethered to a specific goal and if you're just going out and training say working out not to do something specific like you're not going to get very good at that specific thing because you're just out doing random shit right like you're not going to get really strong if you just go and do like i don't know i do a spin class and i go do some of this and some like you're not going to get stronger as your goal to get s- stronger you're just kind of like just go rand do random stuff and so so the other thing <clears throat> So I, I'm actually getting heavily involved in, in the courses. So I'm just like, you know, I'm going to go on and define these are the courses that I want. And this is what I want them to work because I've taught this stuff and this is how it is going to work. Um, and um, because I need, I need active control over, over some things that are just sort of, my name is on this thing. My, this is my bank right, account. Right,
0: so uh, you've, got,
1: you've got your active control,
0: yeah, and then passive control through... Through, your, through workers as right.
1: well. Right. And and speaking of models, which I thought you I I am going to swing back to this. So
0: so you know uh, there is, you know, we you know Elon Musk Are you ba- are you about to go into a big because I just want to finish this one up. Yeah, finish it up and then I will talk yeah. something related to so, it. So okay, so basically, you know, weight loss, right? So can the contra- how much control of the outcome do you have of weight loss? Mm-hmm. So if you go ahead and say I'm just going to like eat less. Mm-hmm. That's a certain level of control. But then if you say I'm going to weigh every meal. You know, I'm going to weigh everything. I'm going to yeah. look at the calories. That, that's a much, and then if you understand your, so, so what I'm saying is it's a, it's a, it's a great predictor and tool for success is to go ahead and look at every part of the stack of mm-hmm. what you're doing and saying, how much actual control of the outcome do I have through this? Mm-hmm. And if there's any parts where you're just sort of guessing, like, let's say for example, it's marketing, you know, oh yeah, marketing's going to work. Well, you basically have no control of that outcome, then, you know, because right. you don't know how you're going to market. You don't know what. So, so, so it's a really good indicator for not achieving the outcome you want right. by examining where you have the control, active control or passive control.
1: That's I it. agree. I agree. And that's why I had to, I kind of had to come in and say, sort of take, you know, well, obviously, change strategic direction of how we're developing content. We're not going to develop content and just sort of this giant like fill out this huge content tree. We're going to define these courses. We're going to go through and say these are the steps. In fact, I'm creating these course outlines and I'm saying, okay, we need a topic here. We need to
0: merge these two topics. We need this. Like this is exactly what a course is. Are you guessing what the courses should be? No. Or are you asking customers what courses do you want?
1: No, no, no. It's not quite. See, see, math is a little more specific. You okay. know, it's like more like there are certain like obvious. Things. Got it. You know, okay. it's like kid comes, is like, well, I want to know that. Like, you don't know enough math to even know what you're talking. You about. don't know like, what you don't know. You right. need Got to know it. this. This okay. is the, and this is thing. So, um, but anyway, I'm taking very active control in that. The other thing, the thing I thought would be interesting to to mention or is that, you know, you know how Elon Musk tried to automate his car factory, mm-hmm. yeah, soup to nuts. He called it a dreadnought, yeah, right. And he said, and then they they learned the lessons that Toyota had learned in the 90s all over again right they'd lost a ton of money and a ton of time trying to automate this factory completely so you know you just put in a bunch of raw materials effectively at the beginning and out pops a a model x or something right didn't did our model three i guess um didn't work that's problem after problem, problem and so what, what, what toyota figured out is that you can automate the first 90 percent but the last 10 percent every bit more you try to automate it, it becomes exponentially more difficult and expensive because you need humans. There's some stuff that's just so hard to get computers to do perfectly every time. That it's just much cheaper to have some humans to do those parts of it, right? Yeah. And it's like this. It's like, you know, we can build, we can do a lot of the automation, but like the human should go and curate and say, this would be the specific order of these courses.
0: It's the same as the Google
1: results. That's what they do. Yeah. Yep. So, but, and then uh, on top of that whole automation, so as you say, well, Jason, you know, like the the uh, virtual TA sessions, it's not f- that's not fully automated. It's like, it's not that's that 10%, because that will allow us to f- to pick up any pieces that are, the kids are filling any holes that the kids are not getting through the course. Well, if we'll figure it out, say, hey, guys, I keep having problems with this, you know, this 17th assignment has these topics, and I don't know what's going on, but they're all confused. We could fix that. You fix it. You add it, you add it back into the product. So the product becomes more automated over time. Right. So in a sense, the TA sessions is almost and is, is not only is is it ensuring the white glove service in a sense that the, that the students are playing for the parent families are paying for or whatever to make sure that they're successful so they love the product right. But it's almost like a customer interview. Yeah, the TA come out and take it right write notes, say okay, like here here are where the kids struggle with. Here's here's what we did. We can actually, re- and what, what, I'm going to build the whole you know session thing so that it'll replay what was set, what was back and forth, you know, the problems and stuff, so we know exactly what the kids need to go over, and so we can analyze that and go, okay, this here's a problem. This needs to be fixed. We're missing a prerequisite here. This ramps up too quickly. Whatever it is. Yeah, that's awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's the model. So I'm I'm even though I'm still spending a fair amount of money on it, it's a fraction. It's obviously half what i was which yeah. is right there is a huge difference but i now have a very specific plan of how to get this thing launched like i'm not even worried about it like before like when you want not kind of stuff it's like oh mocking up all that you know like right it was difficult
0: because it was like it was a nebulous concept it's like How's it What's going to re- happen? And then yeah. it was like,
1: but that was just the sign up process. It wasn't, in the, and then set up an account. But all, but there wasn't a lot to do with like, well, how was Algebra one going to be finished? And I was just all oh, how the interworkings of that stuff and the fully automated stuff that was not entirely fleshed out. I mean, it had my head, but I was like that 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 last ten percent of it, bringing it to work perfect every time, perfectly every time, wasn't there.
0: Well, this is great because you've got the content ready to go. All you need to do is create your own link list of stuff. Yes, it's, you- a, it's just a yeah, it's just a list. Yeah. And then you're, st- you're still going to have to do a little bit of top and tail to just introduce the course, mean? like, like some, some sort of custom thing at the beginning of a course and a custom thing at the end, maybe just yeah. to make it feel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll, yeah. we'll do stuff. Yeah. We'll like, yeah.
0: we'll stuff around a course. Maybe we'll do a video yeah. introduction.
1: Maybe we'll do, um, what I want to do is like have a, um, an optional diagnostic that you can take to save, like, look, you know, how are you prepared for this course or not? You know, we'll have like a final exam test. We'll we'll put on some finishing touches and things like top and tail. That's a good you know, good way to describe it. Nice. Yeah, I mean because we want want it to be a six, but of course it'll be a little rougher at the beginning, but then we'll come up with ways of making it you know, you know, of of
0: putting some fit
1: and finish on it.
0: You wanna make those courses feel from a UI perspective. You want to make those courses feel like, you know, like little like little apps, like a little box right, on your exactly. page, right? So well, they feel valuable, you know?
1: Well, you know what was funny? You want to really kind of so all this stuff came together within a couple of days, and there was a hit th- number one in hacker news was called Mathagon. Mm-hmm. And it was some guy, I guess he's an undergrad degree in math from Cambridge. He has a bunch of big advisors, but it's like just him. And he had a bunch of little mini courses, which I'd already been thinking about, mm-hmm. and each course was like S- the equivalent of seven or eight tutorials, but a tutorial was like a paragraph, if maybe like a graphic or something, hit number one Hacker News. There's no questions. There's no nothing. It was like, no one's going to learn anything really from this. It's just like a fami- getting familiarizing. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And if they could do this, if they could do that. And I'm just like, you guys have no idea what we have coming. I'm just like, all right. I thought I like this, okay. Okay, if that's where the bar <laughs> is, if that's going to make it number one Hacker News, and this gets people all excited, like you guys have no idea. Yeah. Of what we can do. And I'm like, all right, let's screw all this bullshit with this giant prerequisite tree. Like, just get the damn course get out. Let's it get out the door. Yeah. I said, we have enough content now for probably 30 to 40
0: courses. Yeah, that's
1: 30 <laughs> to 40. And each course being like anywhere from 20 to 40 topics with thousands and thousands of questions and stuff. Like, what, what are we it? It's not going to take you a long time to create this. No, we courses. can just knock these stuff. I knocked yeah. out the pre algebra one, at least the first run of it, in like an hour and a half yesterday. Just the polish,
0: that's all you got to do, just yeah, to polish. Yeah, and that's the
1: easy part, right? Yeah. Because we've had tons of people clamoring, like, can we get on this system? Can we do this? Can we it? people who are generally aware of Bath Academy and they want to use it? And I'm just like, sorry, I don't have anything, sorry, I don't have anything. I'm telling
0: you that, like, that is going to, that's how you're going to get their subscription. People are going to see all those courses, you're going to have high price points on those courses, and they're going to go, this is such a good deal, I'm going to spend 90 bucks a month right now.
1: Yeah, well, let's... um. I know we got to go. Yeah. So let's. That'll be. We'll table that specific discussion because I know you probably have a lot of thoughts on how and why that works and you know how to do it. Maybe we can go through some examples, but that'll be fun. Yeah. I I appreciate that. um, That's gonna be awesome. Well, I can't wait to
0: see. I can't wait to see this thing uh, bringing in a boatload of cash for you, dude. If we could just (laughs) get the burn rate down to like
1: you know the size of. Somebody's salary, I'd be happy. You know what I mean. Like if we could just get it to like, I want to quit bleeding cash, a mm-hmm. uh, gushing cash. I want to get down to just bleeding and then to just trickling and then to actually yeah. make you some money. I mean, because nice. there's one phrase that I think is 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 as true as it gets is happiness is cash flow positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I am not cash flow positive right now. So if I could get if I could get there, then then I would be a happy guy. I mean, I don't have to be making a million dollars a year or whatever. Like, let's just get the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Just break even, modestly profitable, start paying back some of the money I put into it. Like, I would be a much happier, I mean, at a certain point, then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to get bigger ambitious. Right now, it's like, let's just get the, let's just get the damn thing selling and making, I don't know, $1,000 a month. Like, that would make me really happy.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like when you're, when you're at stasis and everything's fine. And you you don't feel ill in any way. You don't really think about it. You don't think, oh, I'm not ill. But then when you get ill, it's like you know something bad happens like to your shoulder. You just want, I just want to be normal. I just want to get back to like ground zero. You know? Yeah. And that's what you you always want to have do here. D- new anchor
1: points. Yeah. Right. That's why everybody. That's why like no matter how much money you make, you always feel like there's people who are making a lot. And you're like, oh, I don't make enough money and this yeah. and that and you know, I'm not that way as much about money as I am other things. You know, I don't really. Like I guess I don't like. It's funny. I was talking about like, you know, we just went to uh, Hawaii, like I said, and mm. uh, I was like, I don't. I mean, I'm just fine for the you know wife and kids. They want to go. I don't really care. I really don't. You know, this is fine. I don't need to spend this kind of money. You know, <laughs> I just like. I, I my 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 needs are pretty limited. You know, I go to Poyo Loco for lunch, and you know, we <laughs> grab a movie and you know, watch a Game of Thrones, write some code,
0: you know, read a book. You're already living in your own personal heaven. Yeah, I don't know. And it's not that
1: expensive, right? I mean, the <laughs> things that make most of us happy, you realize they're not that expensive. Right. You know, so you don't have to spend a ton of money. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But I'm just, um, I'm, I have to say that just this past week, it'll, in a matter of a week, I went from just feeling of just intense, I might always say intense anxiety, but just anxiety, feeling a lack of, of control, of frustration, to now I'm like really excited. So all right but i guess
0: that's that's it for the day right yeah uh georgie is just dropping off jack and i'm gonna have to uh they're, they're outside right now okay so um yeah we'll have to so
1: uh that's a wrap we're out